0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Balbro. It's the middle of the week, so that means we are joined by our fearless leader, Dave Cariello from Canal Chronicles, by Chairman, President, and and Kevin Held, contributor to uh, Canal Street Chronicles and r- runner of Hakeem drops the ball. H- Hakeem drops the ball, and uh, just, Hakeem
2: drops the ball. Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: That's... <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally off uh, my game because Drew Brees just completely shitting the bed on Thursday. He's thrown everything in my world off. Um, Kevin, Twitter melted down when Drew Brees had his brain fart at the end of the first half, which was basically the first major clock fuck-up at all that the Saints have ever had since he's been quarterback. And I got to thinking, you know, that never happened when Sean Payton was on the sideline, but like the rest of us, Sean Payton was watching the game at home uh, or somewhere. Uh, Uh Do you think he completely flipped out, or did he just look to the ceiling and shake his fist and go, "Good GADAL! Uh,
3: how? Uh, I'm of
1: the I'm of the belief that Sean Payton did not get to see the
3: game. I think if anything, he was staring at uh, at pair of ass cheeks in front of him. Uh, uh, I I think maybe the gal might have gotten to see the game, or maybe that play in question. But I think any of her yelling might have just been misinterpreted.
1: Oh Lord. <laughs> So, what you're saying is is basically Sean Payton, the whole... I'm
3: saying that there might have been some reverse cowgirl action going he's on. Not yeah, that's what I'm
1: he's not watching game. He's just, uh, as uh, the bros would say, the under-22-year-old under, under guys would say, he's just crushing it all season long. Is that what you're saying? Yep. <laughs> yep. Dave... Um, I think the Saints' playoff chances are the equivalent of your 110-year-old aunt who's in the hospital, and the family's gathered around, and they're just waiting for her to die. Um, What is left in the 2012 season that has you uh, really interested in the games?
2: Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, Season's over. Uh, I mean, we're really just, you know, the, the rest is just uh, real-life practice. I, I would say I, I really don't think the Saints have anything to play for. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. I and mean, you know, I'm not always a Debbie Downer kind of guy, and I'm trying not to be here. But, I mean, I just think that that's, that's, that's some straight talk for you. Because um, I know there are a lot of delusional-as-fuck Saints fans out there. Uh, and every day there seems like they've got – sunshine flying out of their ass, um, and that's just not the case in this situation. Uh, the Saints are a mediocre team. They've got a mediocre record. They'll finish with a mediocre record. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I definitely want the Saints to keep winning. I mean, I enjoy Saints games much more when they win as compared to when they lose, but, uh, you know, they've got a tough challenge against New York. So, But uh, what, what do we have to watch for? Is that just, just really and truly... I guess to give like a real answer to your question, I mean it would be nice to see continued improvement from the defense. Uh, As I wrote last week, the defense has been trending in a very good direction as far as yards uh, allowed. It's gotten progressively better each week for the last six, seven weeks. So uh, I would definitely love to to see that. I don't. They can't keep getting better. I mean, because at some point they'd have to give up like 10 yards a game, which is just obviously impossible. So but so I would at least like to see them plateau at, at under 300 yards would be great um, and, and, and turnovers and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I'd like to say. And Drew Brees, not the ship for that. I don't think that's asking for much.
1: Uh, Kevin, Drew Brees has always had these sort of interception binges. Um, you know, if you chart him throughout the time, when he's been with the saints, he usually has two, two or three game stretches every year. Even the super bowl year, he had the, the bad game against Dallas and the bad game against Tampa, but this two game stretch here with the seven picks, where does it yep. rank in the, in the, the sort of the bad drew Brees file? Is it at the top of the pile? Is it in the middle? Oh,
3: It is. It has, it has been to the top of the mountain. It has seen, it has seen the mountaintop. Uh, I mean,
2: it's, it's the most in one game,
3: so why why shouldn't it be at the top of the mountain? But I'm talking the right. two. If I if, mean, if you put the I, two games I, I, together, I mean, that's, that's his worst. That's not only the the most interceptions he threw, but I think that's the lowest quarterback rating of his career. Well, so, I'm talking the two, to two games
1: together, though, I mean, if you put them if you put them together, is it his worst like stretch of games he's ever had? Uh,
3: yeah, I, because it's like. Yeah, Drew had a bad game in the Super Bowl year in the, it, it, you said the Tampa game, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that game was still winnable. If Garrett Hartley makes that field goal at the end, yeah,
1: that's true. The
3: game's still won. If Drew Brees if if those if Drew Brees does not throw two pick sixes, the Saints are winning that game. I mean, hell, if he doesn't throw that first pick six at the end of the first half, You know, I think we're all in agreement that the the complexity of the game changes and that the Saints probably win. I mean if Drew Brees doesn't throw all five of those interceptions against Atlanta, the Saints may have a shot if he only throws three.
2: (laughs) You know? (laughs) It would be a question of which three I suppose. Yeah. The back boundary
3: I mean you could you could probably throw, you could probably say, you know, well, Lance Moore, you know, if Lance Moore catches that ball or if, uh, Jimmy Graham doesn't have that boneheaded, uh, uh, offensive pass interference call, uh, on, on the other touchdown grab or the touchdown run, then, then, uh, yeah, the interceptions wouldn't be necessary.
1: It, it's, it's, it's interesting with the saints this year as they've as they've dug themselves out of the hole and
2: you know, it would be really cool it would be really cool i'm sorry for interrupting it would be really cool if if each game each team gets one mulligan they get like one do over down you know it's <laughs> like you know you playing the game and you have a bad play, like the Jimmy Graham thing, and you can pick and choose whenever you want to use it. But that's the one that you get to do it over again. It's like it never happened. No penalties, no nothing, no no yardage gain, no yardage swap, nothing. You get one play, you know, and, it's, and it and it would kind of become schematical because it kind of because then coaches would have to be like, you know, because determining because if you could if you think about it, I mean if there's one play that you can change. It could potentially change the entire outcome of the game. I mean,
1: it would be like the blue and,
2: flag. It'd be like you throw the yeah, blue. yeah, yeah, right, exactly. It'd be like a blue flag, and it's like no, nope, it didn't happen, didn't happen. <laughs> I, but I mean that's it, though. You don't get to do that ever again throughout the course of the game. Uh, I mean,
0: the spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: You know, like, I, I think I think if you did that last week, I think if you did that in the first interception, uh, maybe, maybe you'd do that over, or maybe, if, maybe you'd throw it on the last play before the half and maybe get to do that over again so you don't throw the pass over the middle to Darren Strolls. Uh, I think that would be kind of interesting. Obviously, that would be a huge game-changer. I think that would be an interesting thing
1: what, that... You know what could make that even more interesting is don't even give it once a game. Give give a team once a, season. Once a quarter.
2: Oh, okay. Like, well, well no, no. That's too many. I was thinking what, like what, if a have, year. what if you had one I mean, I was thinking, what if you had one for just the entire season? What if one play for an entire season uh-huh. you could do over? You know, Cause that could still be, that could still, that could still change the outcome of a game, which in turn could change yeah. the outcome of like the playoff seeding or anything like that. Um, I just thought of that, but that would be quite an interesting if they had some sort of extra flag and you get a do-over. Yeah, the well, what I've think- never.
1: What I meant once, once a quarter, I meant once a quarter for the year. So like you'd get like
2: one every four. Oh, oh, one every four games. games. Oh yeah, yeah, right. There you go. That'd be interesting. Either way, either
1: way. So so like you you'd, you'd be like in the middle of the year, you'd be like, oh, should he use the blue flag for that one? I, that would be that would be mind blowing. But you, I don't think you could have the blue flag in the playoffs though. You would have to just leave it for regular season. But I, I think you know
2: yeah, it would yeah, be, right.
1: you know it would be you know it would be great because you, you you'd have like. Kevin, you'd have like Lovey Smith throwing the red flag and the blue flag in the combo and just the mayhem At that the, you, oh yeah, the, At the same time
3: and, and it would be in the first quarter of the first game of the year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lovey Smith wants to do the kickoff of the op- season opener again.
3: Uh. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, some jackass coach would oh. would attempt a uh, an onside kick to start the second half, and then and, and then he would uh.
1: Flag it. And
3: then and then if they didn't get it, they'd, they'd flag it and just redo it.
1: Oh, man. But the thing is, though, the thing is that w- that could haunt you as a team because you could make this great play and another team could blue flag you. And you'd be like, fuck, they blue flagged us. <laughs> Lance Moore just went 80 yards on a reverse. And fucking Mike Smith blue flagged it. God damn it. Um, um, Dave... I read on Pro Football Focus that Malcolm Jenkins had missed 20 tackles already, and the record apparently for a safety is 24. So
2: typical, of course.
1: Typical. So
2: I'm not surprised. I'm actually, I'm actually more surprised that Roman Harper isn't at the top of that list. I'm surprised Jenkins is higher than Harper. Well, I was expecting actually, 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 no. I'm not. I take it back. I'm not surprised.
1: I was actually comforted today that they were like, ah, Roman Harper, he's got hurt ribs. He didn't practice today. Because that, that made me go, oh, yeah, that's kind of maybe why he's been really, really awful at missing tackles the last two or three weeks. But this safety combination, Dave, the thing with the salary cap with the Saints is they can't really make any moves and do an upgrade. They could get rid of them and, and, scur- and, and, and scourge through the, through the bargain bin. But are they so bad that you've just got to be like, fuck it, we got to get somebody else, or do you keep them for next year? What do you do at safety?
2: Well, I mean, I don't think either of them are bad. I mean, like with Roman Harper, particularly, I mean, he's just not—he's not a coverage safety kind of guy. He's a blitzing safety. He's a pumper. Um, so if you don't like move into linebacker, like I know some people have suggested, suggested, which isn't the worst idea in the world, I don't think, but. Um, I just think you got to know who you have and use them, and and can optimize their value and, and what they you know have them do more of what they're good at and less of what they're not good at. So I mean, I, I hate to say just remove Harmon Harper altogether when he's good at at blitzing and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as all-around safeties go, neither Jenkins nor Harper, you know, they're, they're no Darren sharper. They, you know, they're just they're just not elite. They're not elite safeties. They're not great safeties. I'd say they're good safeties. Um, should you replace them? Yeah, if you have an opportunity to get somebody better, I'd say at least get somebody in there to compete with them. Kevin? Repeat that last part.
1: Uh, safeties. Uh, keep them, get rid of them, burn them at the stake. Uh, what do you do?
3: Well, I mean, didn't we... I I, I believe it was a, uh, a podcast that I heard earlier in the week, Oh, a couple of... Scalawag by the name of uh, Andrew and Ralph who yeah. were saying that, that 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 because of uh because of the way that the defense had been playing uh under Spagnolo that they've gotten better and that arguably if they keep playing this way you know why would you throw anybody out and bring somebody in i mean
1: yeah but that was monday kevin this is wednesday <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean I'm still in favor I mean look, I'm still in favor of using the draft to get a defensive player. So uh I'm I'm not about uh oh god. Maybe you get rid of Vilma. Maybe you get rid of Vilma. because I mean isn't he gonna be isn't he gonna be worth a lot of money?
1: Well, yeah, I think I think I think on the short list of players to go is Vilma. I think Will Smith, if he doesn't renegotiate,
2: um, ironically it's the two bounty gate suspended players. But I think it's funny that they've pretty much played the entire season. It is and still haven't and still haven't gotten suspended. And by the time they actually suspend them, the season will be over, and we're going to wind up getting rid of them. So <laughs> win for the Saints there.
1: Well, that that brings me to a great segue, Dave. Um, if I would have told you. Um, in in you know when all these suspensions came down, the over under on games missed by Vilma and Will Smith would have been zero in December. What would your reaction to that have been?
2: Well, you'd have my money. I'll tell you that you know, <laughs> you'd have every you have every dime of it. Uh, I I wouldn't have believed you. And I'm, I'm still, you know, it's looking like maybe he'll get suspended for, like, two games or something like that. We still don't even know. But it's definitely possible he never gets suspended this year. <laughs> and, and personally, I, I think it just makes the NFL look a little dumb. And, and, and in retrospect, it also means that the worst, the only two bad things that come out of that down the gate are the, the bad publicity that the organization has suffered and the loss of their coach. Uh,
1: and a, a second-round pick. To our two second round picks as oh, Yeah. As
2: well. Okay. You're right. I forgot about that. You're right. That, that is that is sad too. But as far as this season, uh, you know, I think the only thing that's made this that's affected this season negatively as far as downing gate is, is the loss of Sean Payton.
1: Well, yeah. well, Kevin, if you, well, you know, I, you know, Dave was pretty Debbie Downer, and I am too. Look, the Saints aren't making the playoffs. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even think they're getting the. I don't even think they're getting eight and eight. I think if they win two of the last four win the home games, that's about as much as we can expect. But
3: when Wait a minute, wait a minute. On Twitter, two days, you, were, you were blasting me two days ago for saying, why was I being negative? You were all like, no, the playoffs are still possible. I was yeah. the one saying, you're humoring us, you're humoring us by putting us on that stupid graphic about playoff possibilities, and you come after me like, how are you being it's negative? Impossible.
1: It's still Well, that, I, think, I think that was before um, – I think that was before Washington won Monday, which really kind of made one more team. At this Washington winning Monday, Kevin, it bumped the Saints off the graphic. Uh,
3: so, well, yeah, well, I mean, that was during the game. Well, that's because it's ESPN. That's because it's ESPN, and ESPN has, a, has its own narrative to follow.
1: Man, that's true. Plus one for you there. But when we write the – the obituary of the 2012 season and and we like, it all fucking went wrong and we divvy up sort of responsibility and blame. How much of it is Sean Payton not being there? How much of it is defensive defense sucking? How much of it is Drew Brees um, being horrible in the two biggest games of the year? How do you divvy? If if you had to rank them one, two, three, uh, what would the rankings be?
2: Hmm. I think
3: I think that I would say Peyton not being there is number one. I would probably say that uh, yeah, Peyton number one. The defense sucking too, and the backup coach is not being uh, not being quality uh, number three for sure.
1: Dave, how would you rank it?
2: Um, I would basically just say that um, Sean Payton's absence makes up for 75% of the Saints' sucking, and the defense makes up for the other 25% of the Saints' sucking. I mean, the way I look at it is like, you know, the goal of every every season is obviously to win the Super Bowl, but before that, it's to get to the playoffs. And I think that the reason I give Sean Payton 75% is I think if Sean Payton's there. I think the Saints have a much better record. I think they win quite a few of the games that they wind up losing. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the Atlanta one that we just saw. So I think their record's completely different. I think they make the playoffs. And then, you know, once you're in the playoffs, uh, anything can happen. And and every season, that's really all I I look toward is, okay, will this team make the playoffs? I just want to see them in the playoffs, and then we'll just take it from there. Um, You know, it's the second season sort of. Um, So, really, and I never would have thought I'd be saying this, and I've said this a million times, and I've said it a million times, but I really thought this team would kind of just keep on keeping on without Sean Payton, but I was dead wrong. Uh,
1: Kevin, the Saints, to me, have sort of of become the Jim Hazlitt Saints, in a way, where there's just sort of this... Uh This inc- not not the off-the-field madness, but the sort of, you don't know what you're going to get week to week. They're sort of sloppy on their details. You know, I just think they miss Sean Payton, and it's hard to quantify what he brings except for, like, the clock bugaboo and the special teams penalties, which they've had a ton of. You know, in negotiations with the Saints, is is there, is there any way that the Saints have any leverage in this at all?
3: No. No, absolutely. I mean, look, I mean, Peyton has to say – I mean, Peyton can go in and say, look, uh, you need me to be on that sideline. <laughs> And so, obviously, he's got the leverage, but at the same time, he will be talking and dealing with a man who decided that a good name for a basketball team is Pelicans. (laughs) So, you know.
1: I knew that was coming up.
3: it It could be like talking to Chinese drywall. I don't know. I don't
1: know. So, so let's go. Let's go off topic here. You, you, you were very anti pelican. I'm not very anti pelican. I like the World's Fair in '84. I like. The, I have a little. I have a little ceramic pelican from the 1984 World's Fair. So I, I'm kind of pro pelican. Does that mean we can't be friends anymore? What nickname did you want the Hornets to be?
2: I, well. I-
3: the fucking jazz, man. I mean, the, <laughs> well, that's it's not the fucking, possible, fucking Utah. Though. We can go get it from fucking Utah. Utah needs to just fucking give it up <laughs> and realize they have no fucking jazz in Utah. As far as I know, there's no music in Utah.
1: I don't even think they have black people in Utah. I don't think
3: they do. They got one guy. They got one guy.
1: Him alone? No, he doesn't live there anymore. Uh,
3: no, but you you great timing with the Carl Malone joke. <laughs> oh, Timely.
1: Yeah, but I mean the the Jazz. I mean, of the options that they had, unless they're gonna like cut the Jazz like a twenty million dollar check, I mean the options were like Voodoo and Crew and the New Orleans Bounce, which I kind of liked, but um white people over <laughs> white people over thirty five would have been really really confused. Um. <laughs>
3: It would
1: have worked. It would have worked sounds in like
3: the like
2: WNBA.
1: Team. It
3: does. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. I was getting an ABA vibe, but I could see WNBA.
1: And and I liked one that was. If you really want to go like retro, old school, New York, you could have gone Buccaneers, which was the old uh, pro team from the '60s that couldn't pay their right. bills and would bounce checks. Uh, so that would have been possible. But Dave, are you pro anti Pelican? Where do you fall in that? <laughs>
2: I don't know, man. I mean, you know, it's cool because it's, it's very representative of, of our state and, and all that, but uh, it's on the flag. But uh, it's just not, you know, it's hard to be really afraid of a Pelican. They can be really mean. Uh, in, in real life, Pelicans can can really get at you. But uh, I probably, I if, if we're throwing out, like, names that we would have rather have Personally, and I know Drew Brees just said this on Facebook today or Twitter or whatever, But uh, and I, I, I already mentioned this before Drew Brees did, but I, I would have liked the Brass, but I, I know that that was the, the minor league hockey team that was here um, yeah. when I first arrived in New Orleans. I know Drew probably does not know that, so he doesn't realize that they would never make the team, the Brass, probably because that was the hockey team that was here before, but... I would have been okay with that, and I would have thought that would have been kind of cool. I think that's a cool name, a little double entendre there. But uh, the Pelicans, I mean, I think the problem is that it's three syllables. You know, it's long. It's not like a long word when you look at it to fit on a jersey or anything like that. But it is three syllables, and I mean, go around all the teams around the, around the NBA and tell me how many teams have three syllable names. I don't know how many there are, if any.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of hard to it chant. It doesn't really
2: roll up the tongue. It it's kind of really hard to
1: chant, tongue. too. You can't really chant. Pelican. It's like a – it had to be like a slow chant, kind of like roll. Roll. Right. Right. No, I mean <laughs>
2: – but, I mean, uh, technically, I really, I, I really can't say anything bad about it because pe- the, the pelican is the mascot of Tulane, the current mascot. We have a pelican called Riptide. Uh-huh. So uh, – how did I, really, I, I, I really,
3: know okay. that was coming up? That was a surefire thing.
2: i hope.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 Tulane's going to dominate all in the Big East. I mean, it's just a matter of time.
2: Honestly, I'm hoping that they make it to the Big 12. Honestly, I'm hoping that they make another switch to the Big 12 before they even play a game in the Big East. That may be a little hopeful, but... <laughs> got, you I'm want serious. to see Tulane I, against to in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, god, you are I mean, amazing. I have... I I have been told, I've heard, of, I've seen it a couple of places, people saying that that, that is still a possibility. Oh, my Lord. Not, I... not out of the question. Well, you know what, though? I, it the, would... the Big 12 won't be won't, won't be what the Big 12 as you know it. Like, if Tulane enters the Big 12, then the Big 12 as you know it now would not really big, be the Big 12. So, meaning, when you say it now, when you say, oh, Tulane's in the Big 12, like, that just sounds improbable and impossible and... uh. You know, it sounds like Tulane would be way outmatched, but by the time Tulane got there, I think the landscape of the Big 12 looks completely different, and maybe you're, maybe maybe it's not as impressive.
1: Well, that's true, but you know what? At least with if they had the Big 12, it's if it's close to what it is now. At least they they could really fill their stadium because teams would love to come to New Orleans and dump truck the wave and party on the, in the French Quarter. But you know, but I like Curtis Johnson so. Dave, you are, uh, uh, you sound like you're catatonic over these last four games. Uh, <laughs> Do you like? You kind of, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Well, but, but they're playing the team from your home birthplace I know. area. So, how important is it for you, for all your family and far flung members, that the Saints kick the shit out of the Giants? How, how high does that rate? importance
2: to you well, I mean, yeah i know it, it's definitely it's always nice i do have a couple of friends that are big-time giants fans and especially fun because one of my friends who's a big-time giants fan is also one of those guys who just like completely melts down when it seems as bad you know like you can't even talk to him <laughs> uh so so it's always especially fun when the see the giants and they've they've been they're four and oh in the drew Brees, eric the eric so uh i'm a, I'm a little optimistic. Um, that maybe they'll make it 5-0, and but I, I would say really they probably do. But um, I put this on Canal Street Chronicles' Facebook page, but every Friday, and I don't know, I think you guys are fans of that, but you probably it, But every Friday the Giants, they have a tradition since stray hands been playing since, since their first Super Bowl year, I think, um, or maybe like 2008. Uh, every Friday they eat pizza from Umberto's on Long Island. They actually have it delivered all the way to Jersey. And it's a tradition, and a lot of the players are into it. I think it's sort of like superstition. Well, I happen to go to school and grow up with the family that owns Umberto's. And so I put in a word, and I said, look, do you think you guys could, like, you know, maybe not deliver this pizza this week? <laughs> uh, so, so we'll see. I'm, I'm, I've got this. I, I've got that on our side. I'm, I'm working that angle. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping maybe they won't get their pizza this Friday. And, uh, and, and that'll bring good luck to the
1: thing. Well, Dave, if that happens, it'll be on Twitter, and I think if that yeah. does happen, you would deserve a game ball. Can you agree with me there, Kevin?
3: Oh, uh, oh absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely. that's easily – I mean, this would then – I mean, you would you would essentially be the blogger equivalent of <laughs> Lawrence Taylor sending hookers and blow to an opposing uh, player's
2: uh, hotel room. Oh, he's in good company there. That'd be great. Seriously though, it is, and and I'm not saying this because I am I'm very good friends with their family, but it really is the the best pizza you've ever eaten in your life. They are they're always voted best pizza on Long Island, like eight years running. Um, They've got a few pizzerias all over Long Island, and uh, they they invented this pizza called the Grandma, and it's like a square Sicilian, but it's not as thick as Sicilian. It's a little bit thinner, but um, it's just absolutely amazing. It's like the best pizza you've ever seen in your life. Uh, every every time I go home, I always make sure I uh, I get yeah, some. You
1: have it. Yeah, I, I, Kevin, I feel like this the the Giants, I, the, all the talking heads are gonna take them, and you know they pulled this Houdini shit and give them credit. Look, they've done it twice. They won two Super Bowls, but I just feel like eventually this whole thing of Start off fast, collapse in the middle, and then, ah, we're going to – it'll be fine. We'll, we'll pull it together. Like, I, I feel eventually that that's going to end, and it's going to end in a hideous, hideous way. And it will – the entire New York media and all their fan base will, will go like DEFCON 6.
3: So – Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I agree. I mean, every, every run is going to end.
1: It's just is, – Is it going is, is to start to end on Sunday, though? I want to say yes, but I just get the feeling that that this is
3: now not, that, you know, it's officially not the same year. Uh, So, and now that that the Redskins, you know, when the Redskins beat the Giants on Monday Night Football, they pulled within a game, and shit, the, the Cowboys are within a game. The Cowboys are still technically in the division race. And so now, I think now there's enough, you know, doubt and questions looming around the Giants that I think now would be the point, would be the part where you know, the Giants would come out, they'd beat the Saints, they'd exercise I don't know, some kind of a demon and sort of just say yeah, we're still the top dog in the NFC East and you know, just take the lead from there and keep Keep both the Redskins and Cowboys from getting to the postseason. I mean, I can I can definitely see the Giants going going three and one or four and zero oh the rest of the way. Wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, I'm con- I'm conflicted. Part of me think agrees with you, kind and then part of me thinks that that the NFC East is just meant to be a giant clusterfuck. And in order for that to happen, the Saints need to win and everybody be tied at seven and six. Um, oh, I'd love that. Yeah. That
2: would be
1: amazing and ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, as far as the, the actual, like, the, I love, the, I love your idea. I think that is, I think that is maybe the best rule change that will never happen ever. It just, it, it, right. it, it is, it is, it's fantastic. And like Kevin said, just the, the opportunities for coaches to screw it up is just, it's glorious.
2: I mean, I mean, just but, – but imagine the fans, too, just, like, all the arguments that would happen, like, about people having their own opinion on, on, on when they <laughs> should have thrown the blue flag. Oh, my God. It would, it would, it would be Pandemonium. Oh, it would – In October, the flag would be pink.
1: Oh, and just think about this. If, if like, the Saints were, like – were, like, if, if – if Joe Vitt, like, didn't use the blue flag against San Francisco in the first pick six, and you're like, my God, man, you can't carry the blue flags over from year to year. If we'd have had Sean Payton, he'd have threw the blue flag, Dave. He'd have threw the blue flag. you get me fired up about that. I'm excited. But as for, as for actual games and not hypothetical rule changes that we want to see, what scares you most about the Giants game?
2: Uh, um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, their defense is great. Uh, normally, I would say they, they play really great football late in the year and in December. Uh, I haven't really seen much of that this year. They've sort of done the opposite. Um, but just being in New York, outdoors, cold, the stadium's bigger, the stadium's louder, um, but uh, otherwise – you know their, their their defense, the pressure that they can get with their front seven guys. I would I would say that's probably you know the biggest issue, especially with Drew playing the way he's playing. I mean, you know if he's rushing things and he's got things in his... Justin Tuck in his face or whoever the hell you're whoever the hell they've got. Uh, you know yeah, I'm worried that that's going to start forcing Drew to continue making these bad throws he's got to cut through these last few weeks.
1: Yeah, Kevin. Uh... How important is it that the Saints get their running game back? On? How how important is it that the Saints run the ball really good this week?
2: Uh,
3: very. I mean, so so I kind of think, and it's funny you asked about the running the, the running game. I think I figured out the Pierre Thomas quandary, and it's one of those things that was staring that you know. It occurred to me, like, well after the fact, it was one of those so obvious, I'm an idiot, didn't see it kind of things. And it's like, they didn't play him against the 49ers because they were saving him for the Falcons. I mean, they had the short turnaround. They wanted to make sure that their running backs, that they had a strong running back. To go against the Falcons and hit him, and they wanted to make sure that he was going to have a full tank of gas because they knew everybody else was going to be, you know, not at a not not with a full tank. So that's why they kept Pierre out of the game essentially. Uh, now, regarding the and you know, I'm sorry to be going this you know different direction here, but that's one of the things that I I feel like just has to be said because. I know I didn't hear it anywhere else, and I just
1: no. That's a God damn it, hell. That's a really, really smart opinion and take, and I wish I had thought of it because it would have made it would have made for an interesting part of a column. God damn it. Okay,
2: but, now did, they, but did they actually go ahead and 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 use Pia to his fullest for the next game? I mean, well, well, if, well, you know, yeah. And I'm not saying that Kevin's wrong. He sounds perfectly legitimate, perfectly reasonable. My question is, is, okay, you've gone and saved Sierra and not placed him during the Niners game and maybe cut off your nose despite your face. So do they then go out in the Atlanta game and just run rough, you know, let him go nuts? No, they still limit him. Like, if you're going to save him, then let him go nuts the next game. You well, are I, well I don't know. Well, I, hey, look, I don't know. Well, you can then still I'm say,
3: apologize. but, but what I'm saying, is, what I'm saying is that this still plays into the whole narrative for the entire year that, that Pierre Thomas was underutilized. I mean, either way, Pierre Thomas is underutilized. It's just that, you know, you, you, can, you, can, take the, you, you can take the belief that, that the uh, Saints coaching staff was completely brainless and just apparently forgot he existed on the sideline and didn't put him in against the 49ers or, or that they had a sort of a good idea and figured, well, we'll save him for Atlanta. And then when Atlanta comes around, he plays very well. They just didn't give him the ball enough, which, you know, has been the problem. I mean, that's really been the problem all year long is that they've never given him the, – they never gave him the ball enough when he's playing. I, I, you know, if, if you're asking what I think is going to happen, I think it's probably going to be more of the same. Pierre will probably get 12, 12 touches, you know, eight or nine carries, three or four catches, The catches will probably be, you know, 35 yards, you know, 35 yards or so. And the rushes, it'll be like between 75 and 85. And everybody will say, why aren't we giving this guy more touches?
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing that was so perplexing in the Atlanta game is they went back to that infuriating bullshit of it's third and two and we're running the ball like crazy. But let's go go empty on third and two. That is the most. That was the most to me. It wasn't so much the amount of touches, or what, it was. That's the most infuriating thing. With they didn't give Pierre the ball. I, I, I would have liked them to see say, oh, hey, Atlanta. Guess what? It's third and two, and we're not gonna fucking run Ingram. We're gonna give it to Pierre on third and two. How do you like that? And I just that was infuriating to me. Uh, Dave, let's let's get to this game and get predictions. All right, yeah, I gotta get going. So. Okay, so Excuse give me a, give me a give me a prediction, uh, and um, give, give me a prediction and give me uh, how you how strongly you feel about the prediction because I'm gonna be in Vegas uh, on Sunday and I will. Uh, you tell me your prediction and if I should wager put money What's on your spread? prediction. The spread the is spread? the spread is Giants by five.
2: I would put money on it. Put money on the Saints, but I still think the Saints lose. They lose by three, Um, and I would say Drew's okay, but I would say it's it's another mis mismanaged game.
1: Yeah, Uh, Kevin, your thoughts? Yeah, I would def.
3: I I tell you what, I'm going to go in the other direction. I'll say take the Giants. uh, (laughs) And And I I, I think it's a case where Eli actually ends up winning the game for him late. I think the, uh, I think the Saints are up by a point or or maybe it's even tied and Eli leads him down and scores a touchdown late and that ends up sealing it. So I will say I'll go, uh, 27-20. Yeah,
1: I've went. 42-38 42-38 in my column, Giants. I, I think the way the 2012 season for the Saints is going, Drew Brees plays his best game of the year, and the defense goes back to sucking. It's just like you said. It's just not the Saints' year. Um, but on that note, gentlemen, it's been a fantastic show. Uh, for Dave, for Kevin, I'm Ralph Balbro. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you Monday. Hopefully the Saints playoff. They'll be very alive, and they'll be 6 and 7